0: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I tell you, I don't know that I love the way that the show is starting today. There's a little snippiness in the air. There's a little bit of edge to the air. And it has nothing to do with your two... Gracious hosts, it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM <laughs> Channel 80. We could not be handling ourselves more beautifully. We are trying to connect ourselves and get mentally ready for this show. And our two producers in the studio, both Evan Wilder and Eric Hanman, just don't want to hear a damn thing. And they just want to shut it all down. And it's almost as if they have no interest in the
1: show today. That's just my yeah. read, Joe. Did you read it differently? I read it the same way. I read it the same way. New show policy moving forward. If I'm complaining about something, I don't care if the show's starting. I'm going to finish the complaint, then the show starts. New policy moving forward. What What? what are we going to wait? An extra five seconds? Oh, where, where are we all going? <laughs> of course, you
0: finish off the thought. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. It was such an important thought, too. Here's the memo. The show says Carlin versus
1: Joe. (laughs) Uh, In hindsight, though, I had no idea the show was starting. I could have just looked down at any one of the 252 digital devices here that outputs time. Uh, The computer, the other computer, the phone, the iWatch, the standard watch. Any of those things could have guided me to the fact that the show was starting. But, nope, had to get that complaint out about F1 traffic. Nope. <laughs> Couldn't have it.
0: Anyway, <laughs> we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we want you to be a part of the Carlin vs. Joe Nation at 888 A 888-729-3776. That is your Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. We were treated to a pretty darn good game last night, and... I don't want to say it's rare, but it's always nice to know that you're going to get a game that somewhat lives up to the hype. And I felt like we got like uh, we got that last night between the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I came out of the game, Joe, thinking about Kansas City, thinking about some of the things that we talked about yesterday, some of the problems with receivers, uh, the drop passes that we certainly saw last night, six of them, I believe, all told, and 26 on the year, including the big one to Marquez Valdez. Scandling, and I came out of it thinking, boy, the Kansas City defense is, is truly outstanding. There should never, ever, ever, ever be a game in which Kansas City allows 21 points and loses at home.
1: Kansas City did everything they needed to do defensively to win that game. I, I think that game, bottom line, huge for the Chiefs. Huge, Not in a negative way. Not going to sit here and do the standard, oh, my God, you've cost yourself the one seed. Oh, my God, panic in Kansas City. You've done such a poor job with offensive roster construction. This is a game they needed. You go back through their history the last few years when they've been dominant, they rip off 9, 10-game winning streaks like it's nothing. They put up 12, 13-win seasons like it's nothing. They have had the luxury of leaning on the greatest quarterback of his generation to bail them out of all their mistakes that they've made in the past. Defense has given up 30-plus? No problem. Mahomes will hang 40. Andy Reid with a questionable game management decision? No problem. Mahomes will bail you out. We saw at the end of the first half last night, the Eagles mismanaged that, and it cost them. Mahomes got the ball back, got him into position. Bucker drills the field goal for the win. Late in the game, Eagles left too much time on the clock, committed a couple stupid penalties down the stretch. Mahomes takes them right down the field. If MVS makes the catch, Chiefs win that game. All right. The margin for error is smaller than it's been at any point during the Patrick Mahomes era. So they need to tighten up and they needed a game like this last night to wake up and realize Mahomes isn't going to be able to bail us out of all of our troubles. Because quite frankly, we're not good enough. We're not good enough on offense. You currently have a defense that ranks third in scoring and is top five in efficiency, EPA and opposing quarterback QBR. That is a defense that's good enough to win a championship. And they showed you that last night. Jalen Hurts looked awful. A.J. Brown was a non-factor. The Eagle offense stumbled throughout the majority of that game, and that's one of the better offenses in the NFL. They have the defense to win a Super Bowl. they got to tighten things up on offense. they got to tighten things up at wide receiver. And if they're able to figure that out between now and the playoffs, they're going to be just fine. That game was a nice wake-up call for them to hit reset and realize what needs to improve in order for them to compete at the highest level.
0: And this was not a game where I looked at the Eagles and they had six people surrounding Travis Kelsey, who was a bit of a disappearing act last night, so to speak. Here he is after the game explaining exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, they know I'm gonna keep firing it. That's just who I am. I'm gonna fire it uh, to the guy who's open, and uh, they usually they make they're, they're gonna make the plays. I mean, it's, it happens. I mean, I threw interception in the red zone on a, if I just fly and J. Watt off. So uh, it not that wasn't that didn't just lose the game. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the game, and so we uh, just kind of keep firing.
0: Well, that was Patrick Mahomes talking about down the stretch when MVS uh, missed that ball that could have been a touchdown pass. And listen, more than anything else. This is a situation where they don't have an answer right now, okay? Valdez Gandling, not an answer. Rasheed Rice, maybe he will be an answer, not an answer right now. Sky Moore, nowhere near where they expected him to be. Remember, Joe, last year when they were drafting Sky Moore and they were drafting Rasheed Rice this year? Oh, we'll find our next Tyreek Hill. We'll go do it. Haven't done it. Haven't done it. And it's making all the difference right now for
1: Mahomes. They've squandered a series of good picks. The Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick isn't panning out. They've got a lot of guys that they've been counting on to step up into these roles that aren't doing it. Mahomes can only do so much. And when he makes a mistake like he did with that interception that Kevin Byard came up with uh, at one point in the game, there's got to be guys there that can bail him out. The defense was good enough to bail them out last night, but they made a series of mistakes that ultimately turned the the balance of power in Philadelphia's favor. Number one, the Mahomes pick. Number two, and this is not in chronological order, the MVS drop. Justin Watson had some key drops in that game. Travis Kelsey with a key fumble in that game. And then Andy Reid, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, I know the offense wasn't a juggernaut last night, but fourth quarter – Somewhere around eight, eight minutes to go in the game. The Chiefs are up 17-14. It's fourth and four from the Philadelphia 39. So Reed doesn't want to try a 56-yard field goal with Harrison Butker. Okay, it's raining. I get it. 56 is a long way, even for Butker. But you're going to punt? You're going to punt that in that spot with as great as your defense is playing. You're going to punt the ball. So what do they do? They punt it. Of course, it goes into the end zone and it comes out to the 20, which means 19 yards, 19 yards of field position shifted there. And then Philly went seven plays, 80 yards and a touchdown in less than three minutes to take the lead and then never give it up. Andy can't make that mistake. MVS can't drop that ball. Kelsey can't have that fumble. Watson can't have those drops. Mahomes isn't going to be able to cover it up this year like he has in the past because he doesn't have the same artillery around him. Well, the defense is Joe, more than good enough to win a title, but that offense has some serious issues. There is some
0: artillery. They're just not using it enough. Somebody, maybe you can enlighten me as to who it was, sat here yesterday and said, you know what, maybe the Chiefs need to run the football a little bit more. And I got—I know that we were. looking looking at a situation where they're up against the number one rush defense in the league, but they rushed for 168 yards, and 89 of which came from Pacheco, who had that burst last night and was breaking tackles, and yet there were more situations for them to go and run the ball, and they didn't do it. And it was silly. It was absolutely silly on their part. I I get where the rankings are, and I get where the respect is, but when... This just blows my mind sometimes happens with Nick Sirianni happens with a lot of coaches. And it has always happened with Andy Reid, who has been knocked for 35 years for not running the football enough. Joe, keep it simple. Things are working. Keep doing them. You don't have to always try to go and win another way. Great teams win
1: games and do whatever's necessary in the moment. 5.6 yards per rush isn't that good. That's just a first down every no, two downs. No, that stinks.
0: That yeah. stinks. I Come mean, on. Pacheco
1: runs like a barbarian, and I mean that in the highest highest form of, of, of a compliment. When he runs, it looks like if you're defending, you want to get the hell out of the way as fast as possible. Like, that guy runs with such force and such violence that just by sheer inertia, he's going to fall forward for three yards by the time he goes to the ground. Getting him involved more controls the clock a little bit more. It keeps the defense on the sideline a little bit longer so they can stay rested and it forces opposing defenses to account for that running game. And if they have to account for that running game so long to 100% nickel and dime coverage, maybe you start creeping up a little bit. And when you start creeping up a little bit, that opens up the play action game from Mahomes to beat you deep. Hopefully this time with opposing wide receivers who can catch the football. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Exactly. I'm not a football
0: genius. That's how it works. That's how it works. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're a little torqued off today. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, I had an incident in an airport yesterday <laughs> that we have to get to. And and like I'm I'm starting to think I'm the problem because I'm coming up with a lot more of these incidents in airports. But we'll discuss that. But right now, the Eagles are nine and one. Are they, though, based on last night, still the best team in the NFC? It's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, Power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want
2: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
3: They push. They shove. They are in for a touchdown. You know what's coming, and you just can't stop it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Eagles take the lead for the first time in this game. Mahomes is looking. He's dancing around. He's firing. And it is incomplete. It is incomplete intended for Watson. And the Eagles are going
4: to win this thing. We saw that when it matters the most. Man, that's a complete team win, a complete team effort. I and mean, we found a way.
0: I can never get enough of the voice of Meryl Reese. That's on WIP in Philadelphia. Eagles win yesterday. The question, though, remains, are they still the best team in the NFC? And it's amazing that we're asking that question at 9-1. and one. Joe, for me, the answer is just very simple yes, a very simple yes. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, and it's primarily because the Eagles are 9-1, and one, and they go in and win a game like that in a very tough atmosphere on a Monday night in a game that is highly anticipated across the board I said this yesterday. I think they're beyond measuring stick games, and that kind of proves it for me.
1: Uh, I mean I'm still taking the Niners, and this is coming from an Eagle fan, but I would be So I'm, it's I'm, as simple as health for you then. No, it's something's off with Philly. Like last night, that game was gifted to them. Let's be completely honest. Like there there's a way to sit here and say Philly found a way to get it done late. I don't know, man. I mean, what were they doing at the end of the first half? You're lining up. Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> you decide that you wanna you wanna try to make a push down the field. You had over a minute, you had some timeouts, you decide you're gonna try to make a push to get some points there. What was the score at that point? It's fourteen seven. Yeah. Fourteen seven, right? Okay. Yep. So Kansas City just scored. You're gonna try to go down and maybe get a field goal. All right, you're paying Jalen Hurts, right? You're paying AJ Brown, you got a high powered offense, let's go. So Hurts takes a sack on the first play of this drive. You have to realize at that point, given the way he's played, given the way the KC defense played, given your situation, ripcord time. Pull the ripcord. You're not trying to get any more points. You're trying to get out of the half in one piece. You're not trying to give it back to Mahomes. They don't get that. They don't get that. They make a series of mistakes. Gainwell goes out of bounds. They end up kicking the ball back to Mahomes. A couple plays later, bingo bongo. They're in position man you said that earlier today that's gonna to be in my head all day this bingo bango bongo thing <laughs> that might I'm going to have be to a shake new that.
0: that might I, I just came out of nowhere that might be a new thing for me
1: yeah that that that's now seared into my cerebral cortex fantastic you're welcome. but the chiefs come right down the field they put themselves in position they kick the field goal at 177 like right there that's inexcusable that's a three that's three points that never should have happened for Kansas City you're scoring or no one's scoring. Throughout the course of the game, Hertz has a terrible game. I mean, you were outgained by 98 total yards, seven penalties for 61 yards. You had a turnover. You were three of 11 on third down. And then the aforementioned end of half scenario. They won. They won. But it feels more like Kansas City gave that one away. And I think if you square up against San Francisco, they just bring more to the table. I think they bring a lot more to the table than Philadelphia does. Philadelphia's road wins last year, week one against Detroit, Washington, Arizona, Houston, Indy, the Giants, and the Bears. They didn't beat anybody on the road last year. And then they went and played Dallas when Hertz was injured and they lost that game. This year on the road... It's the same thing. They got that win, but I, I don't come away from that game saying, man, Philly's really solidified itself as the number one team. I, I, I think they've got issues. Hertz does not look good. Too many turnovers this year. He didn't want to throw the ball down the field last night, Carlin. Like, you notice that. He was he was, he was gun-shy in the pocket all night in terms of throwing it deep. And when he did connect on a deep one to Devontae Smith, he under-threw the ball, which kept Smith from going into the end zone. I... I if I'm going to knock the Eagles on anything,
0: there is a degree of arrogance to which Nick Sirianni calls the game, and that frustrates me. Your points are before the half frustrates me. The idea that Swift goes out of bounds frustrates me. Like, do it, it's football 101, and there are times where we all really have to just understand you don't have to show how smart you are all the time. You, you just don't. And does Sirianni as an Eagles fan strike you that way? Because I, he, I feel like there are absolutely times where there's, it's not an overthinking. It's a, no,
1: we're doing it my way. This is the way we're doing it. He's very aggressive, which I like. I love the fact that he plays an aggressive style of football. I like there's poker players. There's aggressive and there's arrogant. Well, there's there's aggressive and then there's, I'm holding a hammer and everything's a nail. Because I think that's the problem. Mm. He looks at every situation as, we need to be aggressive. Whoa. Whoa! Third and nine against the Jets, punting it away to Zach Wilson. You don't need to be aggressive there. Run the ball, take the clock inside of a minute. Zach Wilson's not going 90 yards on your defense. But he throws it, it's, in, it's intercepted, and it ends up swinging the entire game to where the Eagles lose. The Eagles should be undefeated. That aggressiveness right there, that burned them. Not every situation is a nail that requires a hammer. Some situations require an adjustment. That's where he needs to learn on the fly. Not everything requires aggressive, aggressive nature. Sometimes a conservative play can save you, and that would have been smart after Hertz took that sack at the end of the first half. Just get conservative, get out of there down 14-7. It's a one-score game. You live to fight another day.
0: Let's hear from Jalen Hurts on this, the Eagles quarterback after the game, on the team making any kind of second half adjustments?
4: You talk about an adjustment I don't think there was necessarily a huge adjustment in the game I don't think we I don't think we played clean tonight I don't think we um, played to our standard nowhere near our standard Um, but I think the thing that you can't test or quantify is the resilience um, that a team has and the ability to persevere and see through things and overcome things and this team has that and so um You know, we've yet to, you know, put up a a performance um, to our standard. But, you know, we're continuing to find ways to win. win. And when you win games like we've won games, that builds a ton of character.
0: Listen, I I do think they continue to build character. We can talk about the MVS drop if you want. Good teams occasionally are going to get breaks along the way, too. And they still end up finding a way to get it done listen i watched a bad team that finds ways to lose on sunday with the chargers there are good teams that take advantage of mistakes of the other team that find ways to go and win the game when as you said parts of the game are handed to them well okay not everybody seems to take advantage of those and i think i'm not going to just say well Okay, that's what you're supposed to do, take advantage of it. No, you got to go and do it, and the Eagles go and do it, and that's why they have my confidence right now. They do, but...
1: I mean, last night. You are such
0: a skeptical Eagle fan right here. Well,
1: I mean, let's look at the last few games we've watched, right? We saw last night. Okay, it's an MVS catch away from us having a very different conversation. MVS catches that ball, which is his job. His job is to make that catch. He's wide open. There's no excuse for dropping that. If he makes that play, we're talking about Roby getting burned. We're talking about Fletcher Cox picking up a 15-yard flag on that series. We're talking about the Eagles not getting the stop late in the game and blowing the three-point sequence at the end of the first half. We're talking about how bad Hurts looked last night in the passing game. We're talking about all that. But instead, we're not. We're talking about Kansas City's problems. Go back to the last time Philadelphia played. Did they look great against Dallas? They had some good moments, but Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys found a way to blow that game late. That was not. That was not the Eagles winning it. That was the Cowboys blowing it. And you look at the Washington game the week before that. That was the commanders blowing it because the Eagles were in a big hole early in that game. They're finding ways to make one less mistake than the opposition. But we're not talking about a team that's trying to get into the playoffs. We're talking about a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl. And that's what caught them last year. They had such an easy path where they faced so many teams that just made so many mistakes that the first true time they ever got tested, they lost. And it was the Super Bowl. That's what ended up happening. That giant game in the playoffs, that's not a test. Against the Niners, that's not a test when they're trotting Josh Johnson and and Christian McCaffrey out there at quarterback. Those aren't tests. Their first real test was the Chiefs. And they
0: passed the test, right?
1: Do, Do you feel confident? Do you feel more confident in the Eagles after what you saw last night? I do. The quarterback had two weeks to get ready. He threw for 150 yards. He put up his second worst quarterback rating in what I think is two seasons. Mm hmm. Okay. You feel good about that? Well, here's what I know. Like, even if the ball was underthrown, when he needed to make a throw, he made a throw. And they got it done, and that's enough to touch Devontae Smith made a catch. That ball was underthrown, and the receiver went and made the play. Oh, okay. Unlike what happened in Kansas City, where Mahomes made a beautiful throw, and the wide receiver couldn't do his job. Listen, this guy is a
0: competitor, the level of which I will be more than happy to go to war with. And if I come out of it, I can't keep saying they've never been tested, never been tested, never been tested, and then last night they're tested and they win, I'm sorry, I don't care how it happened, it happened.
1: It happened. I know, and, but and and here's the thing. different people I, have to make plays in order for that to happen. I'm not disagreeing with you as to whether or not they were tested. We're talking about who's the best team in the NFC. That's why I'm taking San Francisco. Yeah. I'm not laying out a reason why they weren't tested. Yeah, okay. they were at Arrowhead in the rain against the Chiefs. That's a test. They passed the test. The question was, who's the best team in the NFC? That, to me, is the San Francisco 49ers right. because of a lot of what I saw last night. So we're going to – so here's what you're
0: telling me. In a couple of weeks, we're going to see San Francisco go into Philadelphia. Is that going to answer the question for us?
1: In terms of best team in the NFC? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say that that would. Unless, for Even some that, reason, we want to include the Lions in that conversation because they will not be involved in that game. Right. But
0: I guess my question is, 49ers go in there, you know, they lose that game. Does that definitively mean the Eagles are better in your mind, finally, or
1: not? Definitively, no. You see, no. this is the thing, man. Like, Don't use the word point, definitive. you got to give people credit for winning games. All right. I, like I said, we'll, we will... <laughs> I love it how on this show I get caught defending the Cowboys and the <laughs> Eagles when I grew up Listen, as an Eagles fan. you pin this on me. You're doing this to yourself. I, I just, I've, I've watched enough. I've watched enough to know that they're sloppy and that they're vulnerable. I hold them to the standard of whether or not they're going to win a Super Bowl championship. I don't care if they can grab a wild card spot. That doesn't matter to me. Yes, in a few weeks we will have that determining factor as to who's better. But if San Francisco is going in there and losing a tight game late on the road, I might still walk away with more respect for them. That's just the situation we're in. You play it on a neutral and you lose that game? That's a different story. Eagles go to San Francisco and win? It's a different story. I'm just, I've watched this team enough to know they are sloppy. And they escaped last night, not because they were better, but because Kansas City made two or three egregious mistakes that buried him in that game. And it's not that the Eagles forced those mistakes. That drop by MVS, that wasn't because Mahomes was pressured or because Roby got his hand in there. It was a defensive breakdown. Yep. Perfect throw. And he should have caught it, but he didn't.
0: So you know what we need? We need a tiebreaker. And we're going to get it here in a minute. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio because we're going to ask one of our experts who is the best team in the NFC after last night. That is on the way right after Joe has this from our friends over at Vivid Seats.
1: Haven't been to an NFL game yet this year. What are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown and every play. Live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you can earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, and that's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, and more. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN.
2: This is the Carlin versus Joe
0: podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured it was green and good the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely snap to mahomes retreating he's unloading it long he's got Belda scantling
4: and he cannot!
2: zone, and valdez scaling drops the ball at the one-yard
1: line. We were maybe off a tick, but they know the route they're running and how to run it, and God knows where to go with it. we got to do a better job of connecting on it. Yeah, you just got to continue to try to get better and better. Defense is keeping us in games, and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're going to win a lot of these games.
0: Kyler versus Joe, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by... Our good friends at Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst joins us right now. Jeff, let's start here. We've been arguing it for the last 10 minutes after last night, who is the best team in the NFC? Is it the 49ers or is it the Eagles?
3: I think it's the Eagles. I mean I think you know even on a night where they didn't play their best offensively, uh they still found ways to to adapt and and find ways to win. And you know, when they take AJ Brown out of the game, then it's got to be Devontae Smith makes plays. Goddard's not even there, and, and you know what I mean. And so you're down. You know, they basically take out two two uh, you know main main uh, players for you, and then Swift and and uh, Devonte Smith make the play. And obviously it hurts with his legs uh, in the red zone. And that, and that listen, that's what great teams do is they find ways to win even when they're not at their best. Uh, and I know Kansas City yeah, helped with all the drops, and the and the uh, obviously the last drop touchdown made it made a huge impact. But but the Eagles giving themselves an opportunity down ten, I think uh, with three minutes left in the third quarter, or whatever it was, coming back. That's that's a huge win for those guys.
1: I worked with a former player once who told me that one of the biggest misconceptions in the NFL is the idea of halftime adjustments. He said, by the time the first half ends, that 15 minute clock starts ticking. You got to run to the locker room. You have enough time to maybe go to the bathroom, get a, get a protein bar and then get right back out there. Right? Like there's not a lot of time to do a whole lot. So I'm trying to figure out what is it about this Kansas city offense, which ranks second in the NFL in first half scoring is going so haywire in the second half to where they rank dead last in the NFL in second-half scoring.
3: Well, I, you know, listen, well, some of the stuff you saw, like, early in the game, the, the, the touchdown, um, to Watson early, they have, uh, you know, they run that little zip motion that they had run in the Super Bowl, right? The, re, the, the receiver is, or I can't remember who it was, is coming in on a little zip motion tight, and then runs back out, and then they double, uh, they end up doubling uh, Travis Kelsey, and then Watson comes open after he steps up and makes the play, but that wasn't a bang-bang play. I mean, a lot of that was Mahomes making a change, and then you saw, you know, later on, they, they end up bringing Blankenship down to, to, to stop Mahomes from using his legs. They didn't do that the last time they played, and so they forced Mahomes to put the ball in the air. He put it in the right place. The guys just didn't make the catches, right? And, and in the red zone, you have Mahomes throw the interception to Bayard, which you can't do, and then the ball get punched out. Uh, so so they they had a lot of self inflicted wounds, but there were adjustments from both teams. You know, you saw them move to when McDuffie's coming off the edge. You saw Hertz pull the ball down and use his legs more often, so then they shied away from that, and that's how Smith made that big catch down the corner on the one yard line. So there are definitely adjustments. I don't I mean, when people talk about like halftime, I don't know that it's necessarily halftime, but you do definitely make adjustments to what you're seeing. Um, and both teams had success defensively early that offenses made adjustments to. Uh, it, it was a great football game. I'm not going to lie. I, I loved it. I thought it was a, I it was a great game that, that lived up to everything I hoped. Um, obviously, it wasn't 38-35, but it was still a, a heck of a ball game to watch.
0: Jeff, Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Jeff, rate this on the scale of absurdity, 1 to 10, 10 being you don't belong on the radio. The Kansas City Chiefs will win the AFC on the backs of their defense.
3: Ooh, I I would say four. I mean, I don't think it's very absurd at all. Like this team, uh, I think it's a very good defensive football team. Spags has those guys rolling um, extremely well on on the back end. And again, um, you know, they gave up some plays, but they disguise really well. They can rush the passer. Uh, I I thought they did a really nice job. Of of uh, when when the Chiefs did turn it over, you know they got it back for him. So I, I, I agree with you. I think um, I, I think the biggest miss for me, probably the most frustrating thing, honestly, guys, is that, that like why didn't they make a trade right before the trade deadline for some, you know, just for a a, a good receiver that that you know can win and to help Travis Kelsey I mean you you think Travis Kelsey's had four explosive plays in nine games he had 12 this time last season right I mean that's been a that's a match triple right like you're talking about a massive amount of of change in that offense and and that's that, to me, is the, what the most glaring thing, is that the, the Eagles had Devontae Smith when they took out Brown and the, and the, um, the Chiefs had Watson and, and MBS who ends up dropping it and just way too many drops and inefficiencies on, the, on, the, on that side for the, for the Chiefs.
1: Jalen hurts downfield passing for the most part, Brown Smith. He hits a lot of big plays, but in the matchup against the jets who have a fairly decent defense, 6.2 yards per attempt. That's one of his lowest of the seasons last night, 6.8 yards per attempt at times. He looks a little hesitant about throwing the ball down the field. Do you see that as well? Or is that just me overthinking it?
3: Well, I think part of it is the, the, um, is where you are in games, right? It's like you you, you know and sometimes a punt is the best thing you can do, like let your defense go out there. So I do think there's times when quarterbacks get, they get, you know, gunshot for lack of a better term. They're like, hey, why risk it? Um, I don't want somebody to, to step in front. I know there was a, a play early where he had Smith, and I think they even made mention on the uh, on the actual broadcast, but Smith's wide open in the middle of the field and hurts his eyes are in the wrong place. That, that's what I mean, Joe. By like they didn't play great offensively, and they still found a way to win. That that's the part that's probably most impressive for me for the Eagles is is it wasn't one of their high-powering type uh, days, but they still found a way. And and that's that's saying something against a great team like the Chiefs at home. Uh, I mean, on the road, in the rain, all those kinds of things. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there are times when. You know, you, you, he doesn't take that. He doesn't push the ball to down the field. He leans more conservative. But I think that's probably what Sirianni wants, um, to, to let that defense try to keep him in the game. Last one for Jeff Saturday. Jeff got about 20 seconds. Your reaction
0: to Matt Canada getting fired by the Steelers this morning? And, if, in fact, uh, this can help save their season because we've all thought they've been a little overrated at 6-3 and three with the troubles they've had on offense.
3: Yeah, I think was, I hate for coaches to be fired. There's no, nothing fun about it. But at the end of the day, I think he was losing the locker room. When you saw Najee Harris and, the, and the, those comments you'd seen uh, Pickens earlier and Deontay Johnson, like it's it's running its course in the locker room. And for Mike T, it becomes a situation. It's not about the fans and how upset everybody else is. It's when you when you feel like the locker room is slipping away and the, you, you feel the frustration um if the standard is a standard everybody's got to hold it not just players but coaches as well and unfortunately they just weren't meeting the standard. Jeff, appreciate it man. Talk next week. Appreciate you fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. You
0: too. Happy Thanksgiving, Jeff. Jeff. Yep, absolutely. Uh Jeff Saturday ESPN NFL Analyst. It is Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio in Moments. You will hear from Mike Tomlin. Like only Mike Tomlin can deliver. <laughs> It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
5: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's really the only acceptable thing
0: to do at this point. Now listen, there are other issues at work for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We detailed some of them yesterday. Kenny Pickett has not developed. Certainly, we have looked at Najee Harris, and for as many for as many comments as he made the other day, and as alarming as many might have found them, as one of the leaders of that team, Najee Harris just hasn't been productive enough for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, with that in mind, they finally fired Matt Canada who had, in essence, been in the crosshairs of Steeler fans and Steeler Nation for the last couple of years. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And it seems pretty clear, Joe, that a game like that the other day, even though it's against a good defensive team, when you have those kind of comments from Harris, that is truly a, a moment where a guy is speaking for a locker room, and that's why this
1: change came. What you're seeing in Pittsburgh is the difference between patience and patience and apathy. Patience and apathy. Mike Tomlin has been in charge of this organization for 17 years because he understands the value of patience, but he understands when patience gets to a point where it could look like apathy and he acts before it's too late. That's why Pittsburgh is one of the best franchises in the NFL. They're not winning a Super Bowl every single year. They're not currently a dynasty, but if you were given a choice to pick any of the 32 teams to root for as your team, you got a clean slate. A lot of people would line up for Pittsburgh because they show up every single season. They make you proud because they're a well-run organization, three head coaches since 1969. The Raiders have had four head coaches over the last three seasons. Think about that for a second. The Raiders are on their fourth head coach in three years, while the Steelers are on their third head coach since 1969. At six and three, you had every opportunity to continue giving Matt Canada a chance to turn it around. But at six and four, a key loss right after Joe Burrow got hurt, key loss to a divisional opponent. Locker room starts to speak out. Tomlin knew it couldn't go on any further. He was going to jeopardize the greater good, so he had to move on from Matt Canada. And who's going to disagree? He gave him every opportunity. Three years on the job as an OC. He called 44 games. He had 23 games with Kenny Pickett. But this season, his team is 28th in scoring, 25th in offensive EPA, 24th in efficiency. Tomlin made a decision at a point when no one would disagree with him. The only question would be, did he make the decision too late? At 6-3 and three, going into 6-4, and four, I think they're fine because if you look at the upcoming schedule, Carlin, they're a one-point favorite at Cincinnati this weekend. Then it's the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, the Bengals, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. They got a lot of time to turn it around and get right back into the playoffs.
0: All right, so here is Tomlin just a little while ago at his press conference uh, talking about the decision that he made.
4: Did not come to this decision lightly, to be really transparent with you. Um, It's just a personal belief of mine from a leadership perspective. Uh, It is my role to absorb and protect those that I work with. And this doesn't feel like that. Obviously, I'm not interested in in assigning blame or deflecting in any way. Um, It's more my natural nature to absorb, to be quite honest with you. I've been in this role so long, I'm quite comfortable absorbing. So just rest assured that this decision was not taken lightly. I got a lot of respect Uh, for Matt personally and professionally it was not easy but I thought it was necessary
0: I think that's an excellent way of putting it across the board and it really kind of helps deliver it so let's hear a little bit more from him uh this one uh coming in uh yeah here he is more on on how this whole thing is not necessarily
4: a fix-all this is a result-oriented business and to be short um, the improvements were not rapid enough or consistent enough um, for us to proceed. you got to score touchdowns in this business. you got to win games in this business. Um, and just the totality of it has us where we are um, today. One last one. I'm not really sure what this is about, but it's Mike Tomlin, so, you know, enjoy. We're not urinating on the fire, man. We're, we're, we're getting ready to play a football game and win this week. Um, that is the only agenda here. It's not big picture and 2024 and all of that. This organization is not wired like that.
1: Urinating on the fire? Yeah. Thoughts? I don't know. I, again, love the guy. Love the guy. Love the way he speaks. Love how frank he is. Love how he wears the emotions on the sleeve. Always seems under control, right? He, you, you, you get the sense from listening to him. What's been happening is unacceptable. He's frustrated, but he doesn't seem like a guy who's losing it. Look at Brandon Staley yesterday. We broke down his presser. That's a guy who kind of fell over the edge. That's a guy who had kind of been pushed enough and had been getting frustrated. Tomlin always seems in control. He doesn't seem as if it doesn't bother him. He just seems in control. He personifies leadership. Love, I love watching the guy. I love rooting for the guy. The decision here, yeah, it's gotta be tough to get rid of Matt Canada, but you gave Matt Canada every chance, every chance to get better, every chance to improve the offense, every chance to improve the quarterback. You were six and three going into the Cleveland game. You had been outgained in every single game you've played. Like you're looking at this right now, six and three, you got a great shot at the postseason, you got a great shot at making noise if you can clean up some of these problems. Canada wasn't evolving. He wasn't getting better. Tomlin gave him every opportunity Mm. to do it. He couldn't do it. You had to move on. Makes a ton of sense. Let me give you uh, the Steeler fan mindset,
0: not just me, others that I've talked to about Mike Tomlin. There are times you get very frustrated over the fact that you have not gotten back to win another Super Bowl, right? Because that's where that bar is always set. But when you realize how good of a coach he is, it's in situations like this. It is, I'm not going to overreact in the moment, like we're talking about with Brandon Staley. I'm not going to get rattled by anything. I'm not going to fire somebody just to fire somebody. We're in a good situation. We're finding ways to win games. I'm going to give this guy every opportunity. And that's exactly what he did. But it also shows... He's only going to give him the opportunity up until the point where it means he's not giving away the season. And Mike Tomlin, you know what I hear right now? Mike Tomlin wants to win right now. Mike Sullivan's going to call the plays. He's been a coordinator before. Mike Tomlin wants to win these games right now and get into the postseason because let's be honest, in the AFC, the door is wide open.
1: The opportunity's there. And and once Najee Harris spoke out, Tomlin realized that it was either continue to protect Canada and lose the locker room or save the locker room and make a decision in the best interest of the football club. Again, he had given him enough time that it doesn't look hasty. There's no one out there that disagrees with this decision. That's leadership. The only question is whether or not it came too late. The Eagles,
0: currently the number one seed in the NFC, but how long is it going to stay that way? That's next on ESPN Radio.
2: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast
0: on ESPN radio.